of kings, and Lord of lords, I worship oh, you. Oh, you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. King of kings, Lord of lords, I worship you. Come on, let's just do what that song has said. Let's just worship him, worship him. That song has said, King of kings, Lord of lords, I worship you. I'm going to just lift your voice and worship him. Worship him. Just do exactly what the song has been saying, what the song means. Just go ahead and worship him. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we exalt you. Lord, we magnify you. Lord, we lift you. Lord, you are awesome. Who is there like unto our God? You are mighty in battle. You are powerful. You are excellent. You are glorious. The ancient of days, our rock, our shield, our portion, our deliverer, our strength, our refuge. Lord, we exalt you. Lord, we magnify you. Come and lift your voice and exalt him. Lift your voice and magnify him. He alone is worthy of our worship. Lord, you are worthy. You're worthy of our worship. King of kings and Lord of lords, we exalt you this afternoon. We lift your name, O God, the best we know how, O God. There is no one like you, Lord. There is none that can compare with you, O Lord. You are mighty, O God. Yes, you are the same, even yesterday, today, and forever. Your mercies indeed are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In you, Lord, there are no shifting shadows. You do not change goalposts, O Lord. You bless us even when we are not worthy. Lord, you have called us, O God. You have changed us, O Lord. You transform our lives, O God. Yesterday you were faithful. Today you are faithful. Tomorrow you will be faithful. You do not change, yet we change, O God. We worship you, O our God. Ancient of days, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, we exalt you in this place. Lord, we lift you. We lift you, O God. We exalt you for who you are. Blessed be your name, O God. Blessed be the name of the Lord Most High. We exalt you, Lord. We worship you for who you are. Hallelujah. I don't know what the Lord has been for you. You as an individual, if he has been faithful, if the Lord has fed you, if the Lord has sustained you, you will worship him the way he has done it for you. If the Lord has not meant anything to you this week, yes, you will not even have anything to tell him. But if you are also in that state of awesome wonder at how great this God is, you will still exalt him. Come on, so just exalt him. Worship him for who he has been. If he has been provider, worship him as a provider. If he has been your healer, worship him as your healer. If he has sustained you and your family, worship him for sustaining you. If he saved you and delivered you from all kinds of things, worship him as a deliverer, as a savior, as the ancient of days, as one who has seen you through hard times, difficult seasons. That is who God is. So go ahead and exalt him. If God has sustained you at your place of work, exalt him for who he has been for you at your place of work. If God has given you that job and kept you at that job, there are those who are still looking for a job. Thank him for that job, whatever it is. Thank him for your children. Thank him for your business that is flourishing. If there are hard times, sometimes we were reminded we only give thanks to God for the good things he has done. But even for those he has not yet done, thank him, praise him, 
that shows an attitude of gratitude. It shows that, yes, you have faith that God will do, even what he has not already accomplished. Thank him for your children. Thank him that you are still alive, even to this very moment. Exalt him for who he is. You don't need somebody to coerce you to praise him. You don't need even an instrument to get you to worship him. If you love the Lord, if you mean business with God, you will exalt him whether there is an instrument, whether there is a pastor, whether there is an overnight cold, whether there is a fellowship or not, you will exalt him. Father, we thank you for who you are. Blessed be your name, O oh God. We will exalt your name, O oh God. Who can compare with you, Lord? Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship your King of kings and Lord of lords. There is no one like you. We are mindful, Lord, that there are some nations even where there is no liberty to fellowship together like we fellowship. We know that there are some countries where it is forbidden to pray to a God they call God Almighty. But Lord, you have graced us with so much liberty in this country. You have given us so much liberty in this nation that sometimes we even find it difficult to come to a place of worship. We are mindful of two good years when we were not even able to assemble together under the roof of a building called a church. But here we are. You sustained us. You have protected us. You have blessed us. You have anointed us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We exalt you for who you are. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, all hypocrisy, all deception, all envies and evil speakings. I don't know what is in your heart, but I know that if we say we have no sin in us, we deceive ourselves. There could be those areas in your life. Maybe it is anger. Maybe it is pride. For you, it is pride. Maybe for you, it is you just forget. You make friendships and you forget all about them. You don't care what happens to your neighbor or to your friend. Maybe for you, it is evil speaking. Maybe it is negative speaking. Every time you come amongst your friends, there is nothing positive about you. Maybe for you, it is hypocrisy, pretension. All these things. I mean, I'm saying, get before the Lord and ask him, Lord, there is this area in my life. You know me. It is me and you now. Just go before the Lord and ask him, Lord, forgive me. Maybe I angered my neighbor. Maybe I, did, I spoke something that, you know, just, just caused grief. It caused my neighbor to be anxious, to be full of indignation. He wondered, is this the kind of sister or is this the kind of brother I have lived with all this time? Maybe for me it is just negative perception. I'm always negative. Every time I'm negative. Maybe I have not reached out to somebody to tell them about Jesus. And see how much God has done for me. Lord, have mercy upon me. Forgive me, Lord. 
Just go before the Lord and ask you. Ask him to forgive you. Ask the Lord to cleanse you with his blood. Ask the Lord to, to wash you, to, to cleanse you, to make you the kind of vessel that you ought to be in his presence. He says, casting aside, laying aside. These are heavy loads that we carry many times. And yes, sometimes we take it lightly. But, I mean, if Jesus just came back, would I be a candidate for heaven? Would I be ready? Am I confident that if Jesus came back right now, I will be raptured? I'll be taken. Oh, there are those things, those little foxes that keep hanging around us. The scripture says, lay aside all these things. Lay them at the cross. Cast all of them at the cross. The Bible says in verse 3, it says in verse 2, as newborn babies desire sincere spiritual milk, where has my hunger gone for the Lord? Where has my hunger, my craving for the things of God gone? When, I, when you look at yourself, are you still hungry for the things of God? Are you still craving for the Holy Spirit? Do you still weep before the Lord in your closet? Is there a freshness of the presence of God every time you get into your closet? Oh, it has become the usual thing. It has become usual. The presence of God has become usual. So there is nothing spectacular about the presence of God. Is there something in your life? Those things that we have not laid aside, that have stolen our craving, our desire for the word of God. Actually, the Bible says it's the word of God. Pure spiritual milk equated to the word of God. Remember, if the word of God is not on the inside of you, then the words of the enemy will be right in there. The word transforms us. The word regenerates us. The word makes us stronger. It causes us to grow deeper in the knowledge of God because that is where the will of God is. Lord, renew our love for you. Let us have a fresh hunger for you, O oh God. Yes, sometimes, Lord, we have become too used to your presence. And, and sometimes we don't even know how we can even share the gospel because the gospel has ceased to have that thing that it had on the inside of us. I pray that there will be a fresh unction of your word upon us. Breathe upon us again your life-giving spirit that we may live, that we may be living stones in the fellowship of believers, but that we may give life also to the world around us that is desperate for the move of God. 
And Lord, even as we share from your word this afternoon, I pray that in this few minutes, Lord, you will reveal your plan for us. As a spiritual house built up in Christ, I pray that our foundation will be strong. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Every building has got a foundation. Everything that you want to build has, has got to have a foundation. I cannot overemphasize that. We know that. But this afternoon I'm talking about building a spiritual house. Building up a spiritual house. Do I have a foundation? How strong is my foundation to carry the amount and the intensity of the trials and the situations and, and circumstances that will come my way every now and then? How strong is my foundation? This is a personal question. How strong is my foundation? How strong? How much time have I invested in my foundation? How much time? How much time? When I'm going to, to share the word of God, how much time have I invested in seeking to know the will of God? When I'm going to lead worship, how much time have I invested in knowing the heart of God, the mind of Christ? As a believer, how much time do we take? Because all these things work on our foundation. Every now and then, the devil is not devising new ways and tactics, no. But he's becoming smarter and smarter. So much so that if your foundation is not so rooted in the word of God, chances are that you will not prevail. Mm -mm. It is not business as usual, brethren. No. No. There are greater dimensions of of wickedness. So much so that if my foundation is not deep enough in God, I will not stand. I will cease to be an item in the presence of God. I will become a monument. And we don't want Christians who are monuments, but people who impact the lives of everybody around us. Check your foundation. Look at your foundation. How strong is my foundation today? And even as I was praying, I, I, I noticed that there are sometimes we, we are enthusiastic and quick to thank God for the things that he has already done. The good things that we have seen but when it comes to the other side of the coin, our intensity in prayer dwindles because 
Faith on the inside has not been built up to that level of believing God and being as excited as we were before when we have not yet received what we are believing God for. May the Lord strengthen us. May the Lord equip us. First Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 6, I had already started. Even as we were praying, I had already started. Right from verse 1, it says, lay aside, cast off. Verse 2, it says, as newborn babies crave, desire. Verse 3, it says, if so, be with you tested that the Lord is gracious. Many, many of us here have tested the graciousness of our God. The faithfulness of God. We have tested the goodness of God. We know how much God means to us. And we love him. And we praise him. And we exalt him. Verse 4, it says, As you come to him, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, as you come to him, the way of the cross is the way of loneliness. The way to Jesus is not always a celebratory way. The way to Jesus is not always celebrated by everybody. It is not just a way for glamorous things. It is sometimes a way of rejection. It is sometimes a way of rejection. And if for you that everything seems to be rosy and okay, then get to know Get to ask yourself, which way am I walking on? Where am I heading to? It is not always good. It is not always for everyone. No wonder Jesus said that narrow is the way. Narrow is that way. So verse 4 says, a stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, Child of God, as you stand for the Lord, you may be rejected by men. But remember, it is much better for you to be rejected by men than to be rejected by God. Because when you're rejected by men, you are precious in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Chosen and precious in the sight of God. You yourselves, like living stones, verse 5, are being built up as a spiritual house. We talked about foundation. So to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 6, it says, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen, precious. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for his word. Whoever believes in him, whoever believes in the Lord will not be put to shame. Praise the Lord. That's an encouragement. You will not be put to shame. And even as I was preparing this word, what was strongly coming to me were how we can offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. Spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. Does God take notice 
when I stand behind this microphone and I'm leading his people to worship, does God take notice? Or it is simply noise before him. When I stand in the place of prayer, does he take notice? Does heaven cease to do anything else and pay attention to what I'm saying? Does he? He says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was in prison, you visited me. And then he will say, they will say, oh, but when did we see you naked and clothed you? When? When did we see you hungry and gave you something to eat? He says, whatsoever you did to the least of my brethren, you did what? You did it unto me. So, when I do whatever I'm doing and calling it service unto God, does God see it that way? Personal question. As I ask you, I'm also asking myself. Self-introspection. Because it's very easy to be taken up by the events and the things that happen around us. But when you think about you, you, how do spiritual sacrifices become acceptable to God? How do they? Number one. Jesus Christ, the living stone. Let's look at that. How do spiritual sacrifices become acceptable to God? Verse 4. Verse 4 says, As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. As you come to him. As you come to who? As you come to Jesus. As you come to the rock. Jesus is the living stone. Peter calls him a stone because prophecy in the Old Testament, like in Isaiah 20, 28, verse 16, the scripture says, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone. Psalm 118, verse 22, the scripture says, Psalm 118, verse 22. 118, verse 22. This is what the scripture says. It says, The stone which the builders refused is become or rejected is become the head stone of the corner. The Lord Jesus is the stone. And furthermore, he is the head, the chief cornerstone. 
So one of the ways of offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to the Lord is acknowledging Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Praise the Lord. He actually is the chief cornerstone. On him, everything in the building hangs around. Jesus is priority number one. Everything I do, everything I will say, everything I will live for as a believer must have Jesus putting his signature on. Everything. Even when I'm going to say something, Jesus must be glorified. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything, everything, everything. Everything. For the Christian, everything has to be about Jesus. Because he is the chief cornerstone. How can I overemphasize that? Because if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, you don't know that. Your master is somebody else. Your judge is somebody else. The one to whom you are accountable is somebody else, and it is not Jesus. So with a relationship with Jesus, I know that he is number one. He is the cornerstone. Number two, we must long for him. How do we offer sacrifices that are acceptable to him? There must be a craving, a hunger for him. Sometimes we sing that song, As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. The chorus says, you alone are my strength and shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. Sometimes I even fear singing those, song, those words. Is it him alone? Is it Jesus alone? You alone are my strength and shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. I love you more than gold or silver. Only you can satisfy. Wow. Wow. Did you hear what we just sang? I love you more than gold. Only you can satisfy. Only you. Only Jesus. Nothing else. You alone are the real joy giver. And the apple of my eye. Wow. Think about it. Do I just sing a song? For the sake of singing a song? Is he the real deal? Is Jesus the real deal? Think about it. Jesus. It challenges me, actually. It challenges me a lot. Sometimes, you know, as you sing that song and the, the melody is so beautiful. Think about the words that you're singing. I love you more than gold or silver. Lord, only you can satisfy. Only you can satisfy. 
There has to be a genuine longing for the Lord. It says, as you come to him, as you are drawn to him, verse 4, it says, as you come to him, is there a longing, a craving in my heart? Do I long for Jesus like I long for other things like Arsenal and Chelsea? Do I long for Jesus like I long for food if I haven't eaten it? Do I long for Jesus like I long for my paycheck at the end of the month? Oh, that is more. Let there be a longing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just tell the Lord, Lord, help me to long for you genuinely. Let there be a genuine longing for you. Fill me with that hunger. Hunger. Hunger for Jesus. Let there be a longing for you. Then I will be able to offer sacrifices that are acceptable before the Lord. Number three. How are we able to, to, to give sacrifices that are acceptable to God? We have to be shaped into the living stones that he wants us to be shaped into. Verse 5. Verse 5 says, You yourselves, like living stones, are built up as a spiritual house. I do not have my own fashion. I do not have my own form. The scripture even says, be conformed. Be in the pattern of Jesus. My form has to take the shape of what Jesus has made me to become. The old is gone and the new has come. So, what is shaping me today? Child of God, what is shaping you today? Who is shaping you today? What shape are you taking? What shape are you taking? What shape am I taking? Is it as the world has shaped us, so we fit in the shape that the world gives us? Are they the norms at work that are shaping you that way? Is Jesus the shape that you're taking? What is taking your shape today? Whose shape are you? He says, the living stones, you also as living stones are built up in Christ. So our shape is Christ because he is the living stone. The result of coming to him is that we are shaped into living stones for use in a spiritual building. When we come to him, we take his form. We take his shape. We take on his identity. That is the word. Whose identity are you? Whose identity am I? Hmm? When you walk into that place, 
an ungodliness is happening. And you carry the identity of Jesus. Something must happen. But when I don't carry the identity of Jesus, everything will be as usual. Whose identity am I carrying? I didn't know I'd become that personal today. But whose identity are you? Is it for the living stone? The one that helps us to fit together in our place, in God's architectural plan. God has a plan, but we have to fit in his plan. Praise the Lord. We are built up into a spiritual house because as we come before him into his presence, then he makes us into the kind of living stones that we ought to become to constitute the living house or the spiritual house that he is making. Christ is the builder and he builds every individual Christian into a spiritual temple. Christ is the builder. It is a spiritual house because, of, because it houses, it accommodates, it keeps the Holy Spirit. Is it not the scripture that says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that your temple, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you? So the Holy Spirit indwells us. So we become a spiritual house because the Holy Spirit indwells us. God lays his stone, Jesus Christ, and we are built on that foundation of Jesus, taking the identity and the form of Jesus. We are also a royal priesthood because when you look at Verse 6, this is what it says. I think it's still verse 5b. You yourselves, like living stones, are built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. So you and I are also a royal priesthood. We are a priesthood in the house and in the service of the Lord. The holy priesthood is also a spiritual house. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, it says, You are all living stones built up by God into a spiritual house. That is a temple made for the presence of the Holy One of Israel. You are. I am God's household. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. In Christ, we are fitted together, growing up. Talks about unity. Talks about oneness. Talks about fellowship. Are we a unit? Are we that spiritual house? Or each one of us is pulling on either sides. So we can't even come together. There is nothing common. 
The plan of God is that we are built up together into a spiritual house. That is the plan of God. Not isolated cases. No, 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 no. Listen, the main thing here is that we are as a church and we are meant by Christ to be a corporate dwelling of God's presence. A corporate dwelling. Fellowship. Fellowship. Oneness. Unity. There has to be oneness because that is God's intention. It is true that each one of us is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, 1 Corinthians 6.19. But there is more of God to be known and enjoyed than anyone living in isolation. I need my brother, I need my sister to grow up together. We need each other to grow up together as a unit. Praise the Lord. Those are prayer points. Unity in the body of Christ. Oneness in the body of Christ. There is so much divisionism. There is so much isolationism. Everybody wants to have their pulpit. Because we need to be seen. Because we need to be elevated. No! The plan of God is that we are built up into one spiritual house. A corporate dwelling of God in the spirit. Praise the Lord. When we gather together in worship, in one accord, as I wind up, there is a presence and a power and a manifestation of the spirit of God. Where there is unity, God commands a blessing. Praise the Lord. So when we gather together in corporate worship, there is a manifestation of the presence, the power of God, and the Spirit of God to a depth that we do not know at any other time in isolation. Yes, you were a temple of the Holy Spirit as an individual. But when you come together as a spiritual house built up in God, there is such a warmth, a strength where there is fellowship which is a critical spiritual component. So you and I, at all times, the aspect of unity and fellowship, when we are built up together with Christ, is very critical. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I felt I was too personal. But you know, there are some things, even as I was talking, whose identity am I? What form have I taken since I got saved? When, when somebody looks at me, do they seek a more refined image of Jesus? Or they see a world in me that has fashioned me to become like it? Because as you grow, physically speaking, as you grow, when you're somebody's child, the more you grow, the more you become like them. Praise the Lord. And I also believe that, Christianly speaking, the more you grow, the more you become like Jesus. Hallelujah. But as I grow in Christ, do I become more like him? Oh, there are some things that have actually taken 
and gotten me to take a shape and a form of him. Let's arise and just look to the Lord. As an individual, look at yourself. Your life as an individual. Your Christian life. You, 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 the individual. The scripture says you are. You are. You are. As you come to him who is the living stone. As you approach, as you come to him. He does not send us away. He does not chase us away. God does not forsake us. No. As we come to him, draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. Take a step in the direction of the Lord, not in the direction of the world. Because the world may seem to be inviting and warm. But after it has gotten what it wants from you, it will discard you. The stone that the builders rejected turned out to be the chief cornerstone. Jesus, our chief cornerstone. Jesus is our chief cornerstone. I want us to pray that God will give us a sense of knowing our identity in Christ and growing to be more and more like him. He says, you yourselves like living stones are built up as a spiritual house. Pray that the Lord will begin to work on that foundation. It could be among your loved ones. It could be among your relatives. There is a foundation that will always speak into the building. If the foundation is weak, the construction will be weak. If the foundation is strong, the building will be strong. If the foundations in our lineages, our ancestral foundations are speaking negative, everything negative will follow us one after the other. If the foundations in our homes are not built on the Lord, who is the chief cornerstone, that is what will speak among our children, among our grandchildren. That is what will speak, that is what will fashion us. If our foundations are still worldly, the world will fashion us that way. Pray into your foundation. You know your foundation. Maybe there are issues in your life that many times have driven you away from the Lord. Who says, when you come to me? But they have driven you away from him. Go before the Lord and say, Lord, I come back. I return. But there is this foundation. Heavenly Father, there is this foundation. Lord, there is this foundation. A foundation of idolatry. A foundation of, 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 of polygamy. In our place, it is polygamy. Hey, it is polygamy. Even my last uncle who was just passed on last month was a polygamous man. And that is not taken lightly because that means you're going to marry another wife and it will affect your children, obviously. Obviously. So in our place it is polygamy, but it's also drunkenness. I don't know what foundation is informing yours. But you as an individual knows it. If you need to repent on behalf of your ancestors, behalf of your parents, on behalf of your grandparents, 
on behalf of those people, so that that foundation does not follow you up to your own. Do it. Do it. Do it. You know it. So say it. Say it to the Lord. Say it to Jesus. Say it to the Lord. Come on, I'm not hearing us praying. I'm not hearing us declaring the greatness of our God in our foundations. Lord, deal with every foundation in this place. Deal with those things, Lord, that have crippled and broken the spiritual building that we ought to be. Deal with those things, Lord, in our lives, oh God, that has caused us to conform to the pattern that the world and the pattern that the foundations have laid before us. Lord, we know that you are the chief cornerstone. You are the chief cornerstone. The building, the stone that, they, that was rejected has now turned out to be the chief cornerstone. We want to build on that foundation. Lord, I want my family to be built on that foundation. Lord, I want my loved ones to be built on that foundation. But they will not be able to see the image of Christ in me when my own life is fashioned according to the world. And so, Lord, give me an identity. Because you are my identity. Let it be clear, Lord. Let it be clear, Lord. Because there isn't anyone, anything in between. It is either Jesus or it is the world, the enemy, the devil. So I pray that our identity in this place will be clear. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. My treasure, my priority. Who can compare to you? Great is the measure of your royalty, O morning star, you truly are my treasure, my priority. Who can compare? Who can compare to you? Great is the measure of your royalty, O morning star, you truly are everything. Let's sing that song, everything, everything I give to you, everything, everything. Everything, Lord, you are everything to me. Everything, everything. As we bring our offerings before the Lord, He is our priority, Lord. Lord, you are everything to me, my treasure and my treasure. My priority Who can compare? Who can compare to you? Great, great is the measure 
chest that get higher. Everything, everything, everything. Lord, you are. Lord, you are. Everything to me. Everything, everything. Everything, Lord, you are, Lord, you are everything. My treasure, my treasure, my priority. Who can compare to you? Great is the measure of your Our treasure, yes, you are our priority. Our desire, Lord, is that we will be family fitted in Christ, built up into His image, built up into that stone, that that house, the house that the Lord desires us to be in a spiritual house where there is unity, where there is love for one another, where there is a craving and a desire for spiritual milk for the word of God Lord where there will be an identity of Christ and fashioned by you O God you who is the chief builder the cornerstone we thank you for your word today Lord let your word find our hearts ready that there will be a deposit on the inside of us that will activate our faith in you. We worship you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. Hallelujah.